I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players, and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jaco and Craig Forsyth. We're wondering just how Ilya Brizgalov is spending his summer. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Flyperbole, a Flyers hockey podcast. I am Steve Chico, and I can't think of a better way to start off this episode than revealing to one Craig Forsyth that Dallas Cowboy Cole Beasley, perhaps the scrappiest wide receiver in all the land, has a rap album. Craig, thoughts? I mean, yeah, let's get into I don't even have a joke. Like, I just want to I want to hear it because I, I don't even know where to go from here. Like, I, I'm su- I'm just surprised he wasn't, like, trying to invent his own, like, type of skull. Or, like, he wasn't trying to smoke a cigarette in every trailer park in, like, Texas. Like, those are things I associate with Cole Beasley, but not, like, not a rap album, I guess. So, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued. I'm excited to, excited to hear his flow. As well, we need to be clear about this. Cole Beasley, he is introduced here as, you know, a wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Cole Beasley has been very clear he considers himself a rapper who happens to play football. So let's, let's, you know, get his priorities in order here, guys. Does he, wait, first of all, does he have a rap? I have to say, first of all, welcome Kurt to fly purpley. The infamous Kurt R joining us. I guess that's important. Yeah, we can do that. No, no, no. I mean, hi, hello everyone, but, but let's stay on topic here. (laughs) (laughs) I just want our listeners to know who the third voice might be. Our listeners might be scared and confused. That's that's fair. I, I, I think I was last on Fly Purbly a few years ago. Glad to be back. But no, I think he's the beast. There's an the album has some extremely generic name, but I don't know what he's. I don't know if he has a rapper name. It's called the autobiography. It's called the autobiography. But I don't think he. I think he's just Cole Beasley. All right, Craig. I'm just going to read the titles off because I don't know what the policy is on this playing this hot garbage. Oh, he can come after us. That's fine. I'm not really scared of Cole Beasley in a legal case. We can, if you're willing, if you're, if you're willing, to go, if you're willing to go head to head with Cole Beasley, I think I am too, Steve. That's your call. But let's uh, let me hear the title tracks here. Right the back. That is my call, but I just want your reaction to the song names. That's all. The first track, I am what I am. Okay. All right. Second track, Shock Value. Okay. Third, My Baby. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't think anything's beaten the fourth, which is Sorry Not Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Fifth, Look At Me. Uh, What was that one again? Look At Me. How many songs are there on here? I'm not good at math. 
Don't ask me math. Okay, that's fair. 13, it looks like. Oh, my God. All right. Sorry, not sorry was the one I had heard, and that is it. That is a lyrical masterpiece. I mean, my goodness, (laughs) folks. If Mozart could rap, it would be Cole Beasley in that song. Let me hear the rest of them, though, because I I think Sorry, Not Sorry is number one, though, so far. So Sorry, Not Sorry is definitely number one, and I I don't really know how to pronounce this next one. Is it per? Percolating, percolating, but without the G. Oh, it's percolating. Okay, okay, without the G, I get it now. Okay, well that's that's number one to me right now. <laughs> yeah, percolating. Paranoid, which I assume is a Black Sabbath cover. Yeah, I was gonna say, and percolating, I assume is a cover of "It's Time for the Percolator." So I think he's got a couple covers in here, but. It's time for the percolator. <laughs> I got he got that song. <laughs> that's, that's a, a terrible, terrible song. song. Yeah. Not to be undone, but the next one is stereotypes, as in somebody might stereotype Cole Beasley into being just a scrappy third receiver, slot receiver, as opposed to a big name number one receiver, which Dax clearly seems to think he is. Yeah, stereotyped as an extra on cops. Yeah, I mean, we all we've all done it to him. But all right. Uh, Was that the eighth one? I'm losing track here. Yeah. That doesn't matter. <laughs> I think I think we should play. We have a strong contender for top track name coming up. Oh god! All right. The next one is brace yourself for this one. United hate of America. Oh baby, let's. I mean, he's got opinions, and technically, we have to listen to him. So I'm, I'm excited. There. I'm gonna rattle off the last couple here. Yeah. <laughs> Day ones, 80 stings, slow it down, cocky or confident. <laughs> all right. So first of all, I'm I home. can't believe we live in this timeline. <laughs> Truly the worst timeline. The the Eagles are Super Bowl champions and the Cowboys best receiver is putting out a rap album. And I, I haven't heard any of the songs yet, but. It, it sounds pretty dope. I'm pretty. I'm ready for it. I think we should just have a second episode where we just listen to the entire CD. We could just make it into a whole listening party. If you come out to Club Egypt this Saturday, Craig and I are going to be having a just amazing, fantastic listening party. <laughs> we will be promptly kicked out minutes later, but... I just can't make a Club Egypt joke with a straight face. I... I can't. Can we just? I just gotta hear like five. I just have to hear his voice. I've never actually heard him speak. I just want to. I I have a mental image of what the rap sounds like. If that makes sense, but like I. All right, Craig. All right. If I get in trouble for this with certain parties, you're going Cole, down. You're talking about Cole Beasley, and again, I'm not. I'm assuming this is Destani and not Cole Beasley. <laughs> no, no, I just can't. I can't. No. I see it. All right. I'm feeling it. <laughs> You're probably. Sounds, yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm head bobbing. Sounds like Macklemore. All right. 
I just <laughs> made it 33 <laughs> seconds before yelling out in pain. Of which Cole Beasley was only rapping for like seven. I was going to say 33 seconds where we got three seconds of him saying stuff. That is some knockoff Eminem bullshit right there. Yeah, well, look, he's got I'm going to be listening to it on Spotify tomorrow and I'll give you a full I might do a full CD review. Live tweet this. <laughs> I think Cole Beasley's getting about half a penny for every listen you give him on Spotify. All right, please take my 650. Or wait, wait a minute. 65 cents. 6.5 cents. Yeah, 6.5 cents. You're listening to this a lot for 65 cents. I don't know if you heard there's 30 seconds. That sounds like a fucking jam. So I assume the rest of them are pretty good, too. And I'll just go from there. We're a hockey podcast, by the way. <laughs> this is a hockey podcast, but let's talk about Christian Hackenberg for a minute. Absolutely not. No one needs to talk about any war. Cole Beasley or Christian Hackenberg. Let's talk about hockey and let's talk about Greg Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks. Ah, hey, we can start with that. Let's get this out of the way. This came out, I think, a day after our last episode or maybe a few days after. Oh, my. The, the guy who played Greg Goldberg in the Mighty Ducks got arrested for a DUI and had maybe the saddest mugshot I've ever seen. I think one positive, and we we won't talk about how he may have done it, but it looks like he's lost some weight since he was a kid, you know? So I think, but the yeah, the rest of it's pretty upsetting. Yeah. It, it's pretty it's, hairy, too. It's now. rough. Yeah, got a, got a beard. Yeah. Which I guess you wouldn't expect out of a kid, because, you know. Because he's yeah. a kid and not a 39-year-old man. <laughs> Drunk a man and yelling in public, apparently. <laughs> So when this popped up in my Twitter feed the other day and I saw that mug shot, it's just I did a triple take to make sure it was actually him. And it made me so sad because he, Goldberg was always that lovable, fat Philly guy. And I can relate to him as a somewhat lovable, fat Philly guy. Oh, have you been arrested for publicly drinking? Not yet, but any day now. <laughs> you bump that Cole Beasley album. You're going to lose it tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to bump the Cole Beasley album. I'm going to grab a 40. Going to go to the corner and who knows what happens. Maybe I look like Goldberg in that mugshot. <laughs> hey, is that Steve on the corner drinking a hurricane yelling about the Eagles? What's happening? Yeah, I'm just on the corner yelling, Eagles won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Did I mention to you, Craig, the single most obnoxious Eagles won the Super Bowl that I yelled? Uh, I don't believe so. I saw a kid at the Pasio oh, Car yeah, Show did, in did. an Ezekiel Elliott jersey. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was going to say, I, I went to uh, one of my best friends. Uh, Mickey got married this, this weekend, and he's a Steelers fan, and his wife is a Ravens fan. And so there were lots of football jokes this weekend. And I got to chime in with, a, hey, I heard you guys like football do you know who the Super Bowl champions are? And then I, I did that like four or five times. And I think everybody was, uh, I think everybody was prepared for me to chime in by the end of the weekend. So it was pretty, I made my mark. So it was a, it was a good time. <laughs> I think by the end of the weekend, they knew what I was going to say when I walked up to them and they were talking about football. So I have a couple more months to do that. Kurt, have you had a really obnoxious Eagles won the Super Bowl that you laid on someone? 
Um, probably, I think, yeah, I think, no, I remember it was like the week, I think it was a week or two after the Super Bowl. It's funny you mentioned that, that it was with a bunch of Pittsburgh people. I had a work trip actually out to Pittsburgh and we had, we had a nice little moment about it. So that was, that was fun. <laughs> nice little moment to rub it in. <laughs> oh God. Uh, did you want to talk about actual, there's one actual bit of Flyers news here that just came through like today and it's not too too big but uh we're using the term news pretty lightly here (laughs) really stretching it but we have a we have a podcast to do so the uh the flyers lost the rights to terrence amorosa today who was a uh, fifth round pick back in 2013 uh... makes the leading role (laughs) okay so this person is not the heir to the amorosa role fortune i'm calling it a fortune i have no no idea if it's a fortune or anything of that sort yeah they make a good role but and it's also not the white house assistant or i I forget what omarosa's actual title was she's on the apprentice or something i don't know what she did on the apprentice recorded racist trump stuff neither 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 of those things and now uh he is definitely not a philadelphia flyer or within the organization, which uh, was kind of obvious it was going to happen, I guess. There was always an outside shot, but mm-hmm. a lot of people was going to have to jump over. There. And, uh, yeah, he, a 23-year-old, I guess, mobile defender, had uh, 27 points at Clarkson this year. And just, I, yeah, just way too many people in front of him. I think he was fine, like he's fine, but he, he wasn't going to do anything for the Flyers anytime so- soon. So this this spurred me to go look back at, you know, where the Flyers prospect pool was four or five years ago. So we oh first so, you know, we are currently doing our twenty five under twenty five. And it's a difficult exercise because the Flyers yeah. have arguably the deepest group of prospects in the NHL. I went back and looked at it the first time we did it in. Um, it was, I believe, the winter of the twenty four, thirteen, fourteen season. Yeah, because we did during the Olympic break that year. And um you know, a much lighter prospect pool that time around. Oh, yeah. I think I, I had the names in front of me earlier. I think like Marcel Nobles was in the top 20. Tyler Hostetter. Um, Brandon Alderson and Matt Conan made it. Um, and Terrence Amoroso didn't even make that list. So, <laughs> you know. Oof. So, yeah, he, this was probably never really in the cards for him. Yeah. This is stuff, too, that I usually try and keep track of just because their prospects and I completely forgot that today was the 15th and uh it was kind of I guess a foregone conclusion but yeah, yeah that's the uh that's the deadline mostly for you know college for college yeah. prospects yeah and uh yeah so there you go that's the uh the big breaking flyers news so everybody adjust your uh cancel your jerseys if you're making an on flyers jersey because it's, it's not on the cards and we're sorry about that I got this one from a Chinese website that's primarily black with orange stripes. Is that bad? <laughs> Is it the, the Tony the Tiger one? The Winter Classic one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going for. The Quakers jersey. I saw people, still, people still wear those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, people do. I just it's incredible. I'll never forget. There was a... I went to, I think, like 11 games during the 2011-12 season. And four different times I saw somebody wearing a Trenton Titans jersey, and they actually had a player from the Trenton Titans on their jersey. It was a guy named 
Jordan Southhorn. And I was like, why you you spend real American money on this Titan? Like, why? I hope it was a gift. Yeah, that's I mean, that's really showing off that you like hockey, I guess. But, you know, I had to let people know they like hockey and good for them. He's getting mentioned years later on a random podcast. I hope he's listening. <laughs> I mean, people are walking around in McDonald jerseys that don't seem ironic. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean. Yeah, that's zero. that number is definitely not zero. We've seen there's been people on the broadcast that uh that have, we've seen with McDonald jerseys. What's the least of amongst all of the Flyers currently on the roster or expected to be? What's the least defensible jersey to own? I mean, I would assume it is McDonald, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does have that big contract, you know? That means he's good. People forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and it also means that he can't be taken out of the lineup uh, no matter what because he makes too much money. It makes total sense. I mean, there is a case that could be making for guys that are lower on the total goal. Yeah, yeah, Yorkie. Tillies. I saw somebody, I saw somebody do, real quick though, I saw somebody do one of my pet peeves where they put a player's name on a jersey that that player a hundred percent never wore. Like I took a picture of it last year and I'll have to look through my phone, but somebody had a Chris Vandevelde 2012 winter classic Jersey. And I was, I was like, man, what are you in public? You know, people see this, right? You gotta just take it off now. You're not in the stadium yet. Just take it off now. And we don't have to talk about this, but <laughs> I think, well, I, I guess this would be the top three though, right? We Terra and McDonald. So where would you come down on like a Brian Elliott jersey? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, fun little artifact of this strange period of Flyers hockey. But yeah, I mean, you know, has had one year here was up and down, ultimately forgettable, I think. But, you know, you could argue whether, you know, someone ultimately forgettable is better or worse to have than someone actively, you know bad because you know yeah. and andrew mcdonald jersey you know in some ironic ways that's kind of funny <laughs> yeah that is fair yeah you can you can you know wear it to a game and say hey i'm wearing this to see what things people say to me like you know <laughs> i have a bet with a friend every time someone swears at me I, well i'm wearing this i get a dollar i don't know whereas like with you wear a brian Elliott jersey no one will have anything to say to you at all no like, yeah exactly wow, you're a person there's really no emotion attached to Brian Elliott. Yeah, that is true. I think I've made my ruling. I'm going with Weiss. Yeah, I, I think Dale Weiss has to be. Because he's like the most just generic player the Flyers have had in a while. He's not an all-star along the boards. Yeah, he doesn't do... And he doesn't... He's just there. And I I completely forget he's on this team all the time. Because he, he doesn't do anything of value either. He's not even considered like a good defensive player. He's just average all around. <laughs> I don't know. He's not even average. Yeah. He's below average all around. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Brandon Manning. Well, Brandon Manning, I'm sure had his uh, had his fans here. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Manning, like, look, not that I think he was particularly good, but you know, he was in the system for a long time. He came yeah. up through the phantoms like he was on the team for three years 
again, like what I said with Elliot, a totally forgettable player, but I understand if like someone out there has some sort of loyalty towards that. I don't. I think most people don't, but I don't know. More defensible than Yuri Laterra. Yeah, Yuri Laterra would just be getting the jersey of a guy who's a throw-in so you get two draft picks is, I mean, that's a, uh, that's a bold move. Wait, wait, what are you saying? That was a Shen for Laterra deal straight up. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was mind. nothing else involved in that trade. People yeah, forget that. Yeah, I, you're right. They, yeah. I mean, Yuri Laterra was. Your Terry did used to be a first line center for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, I can't. Uh, believe I, that. I can't believe that that was. It shows you how good Tarasenko is. <laughs> like he, yeah, he made that guy over a half a point per game. Can you can you imagine Yuri Laterra getting forty points next season? Because you can't, because it's it's not. A, he may not get ten. I just hope he doesn't play forty games. That'll be pretty sick. It's gonna happen. He's the. It's always good when you can say that would be pretty sick in that scenario. <laughs> well, I mean, I hold out a little bit of optimism there just because, you know, they demoted Reed this year when he only had one year left on his deal. I I don't expect them to do the same to Laterra, but no. I don't know. I'm not I, totally ruling it out. I am ruling it out just because Hackstall has lost. He lost Phil Pillar and Manning, who are his big two go-to guys that were that blue but need to be in the lineup for some reason. I think Laterra's his last last man standing. So I think he he's just going to put that guy in there all 82 games because they the Flyers need a go-to bad guy on the ice every single game, especially up front. Because, I mean, it was... That fourth line is Latero, Weiss, and who else this year would really grind your gears? I'm Well, a lot of fans have a great raffle, <laughs> but I think raffle's fine. Yeah, I don't I think, know. I think um I think Bill said this on the main radio show a while ago. Like, if Michael Roth, like, if at some point Michael Roffle becomes the guy in the lineup where we're like, I can't believe he's out there. Like, that oh, would yeah. say a lot about how far this team has come. Because you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> line bottom six player. Yeah, a guy who was on the top line in 2014-15 is now the guy that's on the fourth line and people can't stand. Yeah, I think we're players are making progress if that's the case. Now, Craig, we haven't gotten to talk about the Skinner no. trade yet, which is something that I think also happened just after we recorded our last episode. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It came out later the day after we, uh, we released the last one. But so Jeff Leonard Skinner. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> you tried. I was attempting to come up with a funny, weird middle name, and I just terribly failed, so I apologize. Good night and good hockey. But Jeff Skinner from the Carolina Hurricanes traded to the very, very sad Buffalo Sabres. Skinner traded for Cliff Pooh, hilarious name, uh, along with a 2019 second, third, and sixth in 2020. Well, first of all, when speaking of Cliff Pooh, first of all, the name, and secondly, it's important to uh, note that Cliff Pooh was drafted 69th overall, making him skill side, you know, skill set aside, the the best prospect in hockey, because because Joe, yeah, out. Uh, I I feel like this is kind of like the O'Reilly trade, where it's just a lot of things for a lot of things, but not really a great return for Carolina, I guess. But I think it's only because there's one year left on the deal, which makes it weird why Buffalo went after him because I don't. I don't think he would want to re-sign in Buffalo, especially if he has a monster season. And it's not like Buffalo is knocked on the door of a playoff spot. So I'm not quite sure why 
um, maybe they talk him into staying around, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, that was a volume trade, like you said. Yeah. Um, it's weird from I mean, I know that, you know, Skinner had a no move and there were rumors that restricted, like there weren't a ton of places he wanted to go. You can make all the jokes you want about it being Buffalo that he decides <laughs> to waive his no movement clause for. Um, they have a great Dave and Buster's. They have hot wings. <laughs> they do have hot wings. God, um, I, I love that Marshawn Lynch. Uh, that's good about Buffalo. So I love the ambiance. I love <laughs> yeah. the decor. I don't know which one I like more, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, it's it's a weirder trade from Carolina's perspective because, I mean, yeah. on the one hand, I get it. Like, if you don't want – like, if you think he's gone and it sounds by all means like he's gone, then you get what you have to for him. If you decide, like, you know, Tom Dundon or whatever his name is, the new owner, has yeah. been talking, like, for months about making some sort of shake-up trade and, you know – this is one of them. There was the Lindholm and Hannafin trade for Dougie Hamilton earlier in the offseason, which is also a pretty good one. That, I think, was a much better trade for them than this is. Yeah, but, I mean, great. you know, Carolina needs to get back into the playoffs in the worst way. And I guess for the dilemma here was, yeah, maybe this was the best offer that Skinner was willing to accept. But, um, you know, if this is all that's out there and you just really need to make the playoffs and you know that you have a better chance of doing that with Jeff Skinner than you do with, um, you know, a B-level prospect and three draft picks, like, do you just keep him and, you know, say the value we get out of him is what he does this year as we try and get back in the playoffs? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's iffy for them. I mean, yeah, I... Just wanted him out of there. And if that's the case, I mean, if you tell yourself you're going to make a deal, sometimes you make a bad deal. I don't know. Here's the thing about Tom Dundon, and I don't know if you've heard this, but he wants to win, not lose. Yeah, he's the only owner in hockey that wants to have a winning team out there. And I get, I like Kurt. I get what I kind of agree with what you're saying though. With uh, like if Carolina's made the playoffs since 2009, and if he there's only one year left, and if you just kind of need to make the playoffs to get over that hump of not make the playoffs, I guess. And your team struggles to score goals. They Carolina's been one of the best possession teams in the league for a while now. They and their prowess has just been putting the puck putting the puck in the back of the net and Cam War not making a save in like the last five seasons. But if you're gonna try and make the playoffs, it's kinda hard to trade one of your best offensive players and still make it. And they really I I think it's because there was no term. They just didn't get anything good back. I I, I don't know. It's just a weird trade, I guess. But, I mean, it helps the Flyers because now he's out of the division. And it's not like Buffalo's going to win the win that win the Atlantic next season. Yeah. So, this actually probably hurts their chances of being in the, the Jack Hughes lottery or realistically winning that pick. So Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be great. Um, yeah. But I think they're probably good enough that they're going to – with, you know, Darlene coming in um, with this yeah. trade – I feel like they made some. They traded O'Reilly, which is not going to help because they didn't get really much of immediate value for him. But, <laughs> nah. yeah. I almost feel like the best case scenario for Buffalo with Skinner at this point is that Buffalo sucks, but Skinner does well enough that they get to trade him at the deadline for a pretty good haul. Yeah, that could be it. Then, if they can trade him for more than they yeah. traded for him, that's a victory. The, the, the Darlene factor is a huge wild card, too, because he's supposed to be a monster, but it's just a matter of how much 
I guess ice time and how much he can really carry the team as a rookie. And also, who's I don't even know who's in net for them. I forget who their goalies are. Because um, Lehner they got rid of Leonard Lehner. Lehner. Yeah. Um, Hasek. Uh, no, they got Carter Hutton. Carter Hutton is the number one. I think. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I mean, Carter, like, like he's fine. I don't, he's one of those guys that I think people like a lot, but I really don't know if I'd want him to be my number one, if that makes sense. Yeah, he had a really good like year he, last year in, I think, St. Louis, and then, you know, yeah. got him, got paid. Yeah. And he was fine. Like, he was fine in Nashville, too, I think. But he's just like, uh, not a guy. I pulled up, I pulled up the, um, I pulled up the Sabres, uh, cap friendly page, and, man, there's a lot going on here. Like, <laughs> and not even, not even bad. Like, you know, they're, they got 6.4 million cap room this year, but man, their their buyouts their their buyout history right now is just remarkable. Um, so so the oh, first who, name so the first name we all know and love, Billy Lano. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Christian Erhoff, who I don't know if people remember, <laughs> he signed that 10 year contract with them that they bought out what like three years into that deal. And um, that was a compliance bout, so he's got zeros rocking until um, let's see here. When does this when does this sucker end? Um, 2028. Wow, I think oh, that's crap. I think is that's that longer. That's I was longer gonna say that's longer than yeah. Briz. That's ridiculous. I can't believe there's a contract out there. That's about when the Briz contract's up. That's yeah. Oh, oh, I know. It is fascinating. No, Briz is contracted in 2027 because anytime you go into the dashboard on Briz, I was going to say, it pops up. The last post that Travis Hughes wrote as a member of the Broad Street Hockey Masthead, well, he actually wrote it a couple years ago, but I think he, um, it is it is officially the last piece he will write. He wrote it in, I think, the summer of 2015, the um the post about Ilya Brzezgalov's contract expiring, and it is scheduled. And at 12 o'clock on July 1st, 2027, assuming the internet is still a thing then, this post will publish. So <laughs> hope y'all are excited. I'd like to think that every time Briz is in the building attending a Flyers game, he's there to pick up his annual check. <laughs> it's like we don't talk enough about how ridiculous it is that he just like shows up to games. Like he just shows up. Well, while I'm here, I might as well take in game. <laughs> that is kind of, yeah, that is kind of just an insane thing. Who else does that? I mean, Briere got bought out, but he's still an active, you know, member of the team, a team employee, really. And also, like, Briere was generally agreed to have had a good Flyers career that, you know, just ended when the team decided you're not good anymore. But I think people's memories of Danny Briere in a Flyers uniform are generally positive. Whose memories of Libra's Gallows in a Flyers uniform are positive? (laughs) It was a complete disaster in a sideshow on its best day. I'm just thinking of if it happened in other sports, like what if Jamarcus Russell just showed up to like Raiders games? I'm pretty sure that would be a gigantic story. Like, Bobby Bonilla comes <laughs> in and just sits above the Mets dugout. <laughs> just waving to people. Hey, I was pretty bad here. You guys remember that? Anyway, I watch baseball. I'm getting paid an obscene amount each year. <laughs> Alexi Ashen's just sitting in the car at the, uh, at the Islanders home games. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah so uh jeff can trade i'm really it's i feel like it's kind of weird uh both ways i didn't was yeah, so, make the division rival worse i mean carolina yeah. 
should be in contention for a playoff spot this year. Make some worse. I'm fine with it. So, like, did Skinner really want out? Was that the thing? I'd... I can't really tell. Um, yeah, like, I don't know why the Chargers were like they wanted him out. Because, like I said, Dungeon wanted to make a trade. Yeah. If that comes out, I expect it to be maybe this season when they visit Carolina and, like, a local reporter finds out the truth. But then, you know, everybody kind of remembers, oh, yeah. nobody cares about Buffalo or Carolina. Yeah, too hot, hockey hotbed. Well, Buffalo's a, mm. you know, they just, they just sucked for a while. We'll give it to those guys. They're always, like, top three or so in, like, regional rankings for any NBC broadcast, even though... Yeah. The team's been terrible for a decade. Yeah, they're committed. However, counterpoint, what else are you going to do at Buffalo? I mean, it's like that. It's like that, or like jump on tables at like Bill's tailgates. And I apparently, I according to the internet, those are like the two things to do. Go check out like Niagara Falls, maybe if we got time on a weekend. I feel like we need to have a Bill's Mafia feature each week, <laughs> where just live reactions to the latest Bill's Mafia uh, video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could. Yeah, that'd be a solid half hour of just laugh, us laughing at dudes laying themselves on fire, chugging like bottles of mustard or something weird. Yeah, we could definitely do. Maybe not the best for a completely audio medium, but uh, it's gonna make me laugh. Yeah, I will say, I will say, I think my one of my favorite things ever, Bill's Mafia, you know, fact or not, is I think it was like five years ago they did a thing where they had the mini basketball on the mini basketball net, and they would just walk up behind other fans. And one guy would hold up the backboard and somebody else would dunk over him. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to say that's, I think we should instill that at Flyers games. I, maybe, you know, it'd be a little harder to pull off because there's not as much tailgating, but you know, in between periods when people are walking to the bathroom or something, just your buddy pulls up a backboard and you just dunk over somebody. <laughs> I think it'd be worth it. I think we should do it. I'm all about it. Dunking on fools is always encouraged. Hey, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we dunk on Kelly every single day, and it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty fulfilling. So, you're really gonna bring the wrath of Kelly on yourself right now. <laughs> she doesn't listen to us; it doesn't matter. But <laughs> do <you> wanna... <laughs> but uh, do you want to talk about John Van Beesbrook? In the did we talk about this no. last episode? I forget. I I don't think we did because the athletic story came out last week, and we recorded two weeks ago. I don't. think... I'm going to do some research, but you talk about the Beezer in the meantime. Uh, pretty much just, if, uh, I mean, he apparently called Trevor Daly a, a particular slur uh, back in 2003 when he was GM of an OHL team and he got let go of it. And he still hasn't apologized to Trevor Daly, if I'm interpreting the story correctly. And apparently he tried to write a letter to them and it never got to him, which... You can make of that what you will. And then from the athletic piece from, I I forget who wrote it, but uh, pretty much Van Beesbrook said that if Daly wants an apology, uh, Daly can also find him because, quote, I'm not that hard to find. They're pretty much right. Yeah, yeah just pretty much Van Beesbrook, just not really. And because he has a role with Team USA now. And I think that's why this is coming up because, you know, you should got to kind of be accepting of, you know, different lifestyles and the kids you're bringing in and everything. And uh, evidently wasn't that way a couple of years ago. And, you know, people change and everything, but it sounds like Van Beesbrook is uh, not aboard the apologizing to Trevor Daly train. And it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. 
uh, you know, just, I mean, that's it. We just dunked on old Van Beesbrook for a second, like the good old Beezer. So I, and I don't think we talked about it last week just because the story came out last Tuesday. And I don't tell me how time works. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, it's a fail. We've tried this before and it just doesn't work. <laughs> I don't want, I don't believe in hours. That's not part of my system. <laughs> Time is a social construct, really. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. And if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you uh, probably know that we don't really believe in the social construct of time because we tend to go a little long. Yeah, we really make a meal out of it. <laughs> make a meal out of it. <laughs> Just go off really too long. This Van Beesbrook thing is absolutely bonkers because who says something awful and then when confronted about it, their reaction is, you know what? You know where to find me. I, come on, man. Just give me a break. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and then he also he also went on to say the whole there's like a whole paragraph I put down here, and I'm just gonna go through it real quick. It was uh, I, I think when I was talking about like an apology to Trevor Daly, start off with I would love for that to happen. I'm here, and I wish he was here and sitting down with us right now. I know that. Look at I know I paid a high price. You know, is that justice well served? Which, by the way, he's just coming out and say that he it, it the wrong way that he came out and said he paid a high price. Like, I don't know if you need yeah, that. Do we know what actually happened to him as a result yeah. of this? Like, yeah, I, that's a genuine question. I, I don't know all the details I, here. I think it led to I remember seeing like the there's a sports net story that I found from like 2003. Um, let's see if I can pull it up real quick because my computer works now. Ooh, which is, I'm not gonna lie. Pretty fucking, pretty fucking sick. So I'm pretty pumped about it. And uh, you know, of course, that's why it took us so long to start the show tonight. Well, that's okay. Look, <laughs> listen. While you okay, while you look it. that up, I, I just got to say this Van Beesbrook quote is insane. With his questions there, it reminds me of there's an Office episode where uh, Dwight shoots a gun in the office, <laughs> and oh Kathy God. Bates uh, is going up to Dwight and saying like. Why are you asking questions to make yourself sound smart? And that's basically what Van Beesbrook's doing here. <laughs> that's kind of how it's coming out, yeah. I mean, Van Beesbrook's coming out here and he's like, you know, I, I paid a high price. You know, is that justice <laughs> well served? And people are wondering why. Like, come on, man, give me a break. Stop it. You're not the victim here, and you're acting like you're the victim. You're the one who perpetrated this by saying a terrible, terrible thing. What's wrong with you? Okay, so here's the story. And I'll... I'll uh, John Van Buesburg has stepped... From 2003, uh, John Van Buesburg has stepped down as head coach and general manager of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds after a racial surge to describe team captain Trevor Daly. Quote, I used the N-word instead of calling him Trevor, said Van Beesbrook, a former NHL goaltender who is the partner of the Greyhounds. I used it just not thinking. Yeah, I guess we've all been there, right? You know, that. I was going to say the guy's first name, but then I said a racial slur. Yeah, I said the worst word available. Uh, and then it said Trevor quit the team uh, that following Saturday. And Bobby Orr was his agent. Uh, and it became... Uh, uh, quote, it's a mistake and consequences have been paid by me. I've embarrassed everybody in my family by this one comment. Like, it's still comments like the, like the, I think he's, it sounds like he's trying to belittle everything, like, by this one comment. Yeah. Like, he's trying to, like, 
He's just like. <laughs> he's somehow coming out here saying, woe yeah. is me. And he's trying to play the victim for something that he perpetrated. And it's just completely yeah, yeah. asinine. It, it's, uh. I've lost all this stuff because of one comment. <laughs> it's like, just I don't, I still think he gets it. One racial slur later, yeah. and here I am having to apologize. Yeah. I'm trying to, uh, Bobby Orr said something to yeah, pretty, yeah, so pretty much that's what happened, and I guess Van Buurtburg still hasn't really apologized to Trevor about it, and apparently he wrote a letter and never got to him. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole thing I, I kind of find hard to believe right now when you look at, yeah, because none of it seems genuine. It just seems like a thing that he feels like he's obligated to eventually do, and he's just, he's not going to go out of his way to do it. Which, I, I guess, do you, Beezer? I don't know. Do your thing. Sounds kind of shitty, but... But, yeah, so that's what he did the last time he was around uh, young uh, players trying to reach the NHL. And then uh, Team USA brought him on. So I guess that's why The Athletic was uh, interviewing him. By the way, I should figure out who did this piece. So just Scott for... Burnside. Scott, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, usually does pretty good. Well, you know, come to me and ask for an apology. That's the way to handle this. Yeah. Speaking of junior hockey, I'll, I'll just throw this in here real quick. The uh, Flyers Islanders prospect games on September twelfth. Which you, it's not a huge amount of news, but I do want to talk a little bit about the one camp invite because last year they had uh, Ivan Kozarankov, who I was kind of a fan of before he even came to the camp. But uh, this year they're going to have. A 20-year-old left winger named Mitchell Baumas, who played with uh, the Germ uh, at with uh, at Katie, the at Katie Bathurst uh, Teton, I believe is how you say it, according to Charlie. Yeah, um, according to Charlie, I think it is. That, uh, but he had 70, 72 points in 68 games between the Teton and the uh, Gatineau Olympics this year, and then just call him tight and call it a day. <laughs> 13 points in 16 Q and J games, baby. Yeah. So apparently we're trying to bring in another guy that just does nothing but play Fortnite all night. So great. That's a good GMing right there. I just love that that story came out. Like, Steve, I think you and I talked about it, and then I threw it out there. I was like, there's only like six guys Merrick could be talking about, and it could be roofs off. And then we were like, all right, that's the end of that. And like, well, I never followed up on it, and I think it, everybody came to the conclusion that it probably was <laughs> probably was roofs off when you look at the list. So that's... Uh, I mean, that could explain yeah, the way the way that whole thing was presented by Merrick. It was basically I, there were only like between like four and six people that it could have been. And like yeah. he, he was like, you know, I can't tell anyone who this is. This is, you know, very off the record, but <laughs> it's from a prominent team guy who hasn't made the NHL, may never make the NHL very recently drafted first round, but gave like, you know, eight qualifications yeah. here. And it's like, OK, so it's got to be one of like these six dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You just chalk it up. I just can't. And then he came out and he said it wasn't Yui Levy. I, I forget how to say his name right now. But And that was like one of the five or six guys. So the, the list just got shorter. And usually Merrick doesn't do that shit, which is why it was surprising that this whole story unfolded. When this came out, I compared this to this Arrested Development bit where uh, Judy Greer is in AA or something and she's talking about her sponsor and she's like, okay. So I can't tell you who he is, but he was on night court and he's not Harry Anderson <laughs> and he's not bull. 
I know who it is. <laughs> and then she comes back later and she's like, I heard the actor John Larroquette is looking for a big project to take on. <laughs> it's not this guy. It's not that guy. We all know who you're talking about, Jeff Merrick. Uh, I and I'll. I I'm Herman not, Rupsov came up on the top twenty five under twenty five today. Yeah, I even if he's playing video games. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. I I feel like I don't want to say I'm not a big fan. I just I don't think he has a ton of upside. I guess like I feel like he should be putting on more points in the QMB. I mean, it is it is impossible to not, to deny that things have probably not gone the way that he and the Flyers have been hoping for in the two years yeah. since he was drafted. Like maybe he'll pull it together. But yeah, I mean, you know, we had some injury problems, shifted between leagues a little bit, moved across, you know, across the globe in the middle of his post-draft year. You can make a lot of excuses, Mm -hmm. many of which have some validity, regardless, like, you hope to have seen more out of the guy. And I mean, he's probably going to be AHL this year, and, you know, hopefully with the Flyers, you know, having a closer eye on him, he'll start, they'll start to see what they were hoping for. But, you know... Like I said, it's been two years after his draft, and you know, at no point have we seen a guy where it's like, oh no, yeah, he's definitely like, that's it, like that's the guy. It's been like, yeah, yeah. he's there, he's there. And it, where did you guys have the germ in your top? I think I put him like thirteenth too. Check this right. early. I'll I'll pull up the rankings. I got yeah, everyone's. I'll, I'll pull them up too. Actually, uh-huh. let's see. I got mine around here. I got, I got everyone's. I got the. It's worth noting I picked mine out of a hat. I got the master sheet. Um, all right, so Craig had him 13. Yeah. I had him 13. Steve had him. Steve hates germs. <laughs> Call him the disinfectant because folks hate the germs. <laughs> Steve and Lysol Jaco over here. I, well, like. Lysol's got the germ at 21. <laughs> J- Rupsoff and Marin are just two guys that I, I think a lot of people are still high on, but I'm just not. I've got them at 20 and 21, respectively. Uh, Rube's oh, there you go. Uh, 21 and more Like, Marina, I think it's just a thing where I don't... I I feel like his ceiling, especially just with the other flyers in the organization, I feel like he is either a third-pairing guy or he's just not going to be well, with look the Look at the guys who are ranked after um, the germ. Um, there are certainly some guys with higher upsides there. Like, you know, Radcliffe, Isaac Ratcliffe was up a couple days ago, and... Right. He probably at this point is, you know, has, you know, higher ceiling than Rubsov does. Uh, Jay O'Brien, you know, there's a lot of projection involved there, but, you know, the upside there is probably higher than what we've seen from Rubsov. Though, you know, both first round center prospects, you know, we were saying the same things about Rubsov this time two years ago. So who knows? Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's in that range of guys who whose futures are still pretty murky and there are some higher upside bets in there. But once you get past, you know, the Ratcliffe's O'Brien's, maybe if you wanted to include like a Tanner Lazinski type in there. Yeah, um, I think. And when they talked about uh, Lazinski on PSH uh, radio this week, I, I I'm a pretty big fan of Lazinski. And I think, I just don't think he gets a lot of love because he plays, I mean, he plays at Ohio state, but he was up there. I think he was, an assist leader. I think he was like second or third in assist and like second or third in shots in the whole NCAA. Yeah, I I did his article for him for the twenty five under twenty five. And as I was pulling it together, I was like, well, he's yeah, got a lot yeah. going on here. This is good. Yeah, yeah monster season, and it seems like he's just gotten better each season. And they, mm-hmm. yeah, and they made it to the Frozen Four, right? And he was yep. maybe best player on that team. 
yeah it yeah so i i think it's just a matter of i guess upside with him like it it, it feels like lazinski I feel like Lazinski is more likely to make the NHL, but I guess if Rusov makes it, he would, and he reaches his potential, he could still be a top six guy. If that makes sense, could be. Yeah, I said this in I said this somewhere casually recently, but the um the Flyers 2016 draft, the first two rounds would make more sense if you just reverse the order of the first four picks. Oh my god! So, yeah. so, I really so that way you'd have Wade Allison, Carter Hart. Pascal LaBerge and Rubsov yeah. instead of the other way around, which actually happened. So, you know, you're, you're getting about as much out of it as you'd expect, just maybe not in the order you'd expect. Yeah. And I, and LaBerge, man, I just always feel bad for him because yeah. he had a lot of upside. Looks on it. good. Yeah. Got that real bad hit and never been the same since. Yeah. So, wait yeah. Poor Pascal. And I, again, have to apologize for having picked mine out of a hat with the aid of a dog and a <laughs> monkey and other creatures of some sort. It's just uh, a complete disservice to these uh, these young men who are working so hard. We're all guessing, man. Yeah, I th- I, we're all guessing. <laughs> some, of us have, some of us look deeper than others, but man, we're all guessing. I think we're all in agreement with like the top 10 or 11 just because they're all either the, insane the prospects or NHL guys here kind of pretty the pretty clear line came at about eight um so i'm not i won't name the names but right. the top eight is pretty much where the line was drawn once you got below that people were all over the place all right can i can i ask you since you did all the you counted all the votes and everything how many how many uh, ballots were there again there was like over a thousand right in the, in the community ballot i think we had i think that ended up getting used it was um 1016 okay and then there's nice turnout bsh community but mm-hmm. uh, thir- 13 writers at the site 15 uh right. we had 14 we had 15 ballots total so 14 oh, okay plus. all right uh and how many people did not put program number one um, so amongst the 15 ballots that were submitted, none of them. Now yeah. amongst the 1,016 people in the community, um, hold please. So it yeah, has to, alert, guys, if you're listening to the fly to person, you're getting the, you're getting the good, you're getting that good, yeah, good. Um, <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, 95, 95 out of 1,016. That's entirely. I was going to say, I'm so pretty upset say, that. There were a couple of them. So I, for the most part, do not manually intervene with um with the ballots. If there are a couple of, there were some where people didn't fill them out right and I had to toss them. Then there were a couple that I didn't yeah. joke ballots that I tossed. Like yeah. the guy who put Tyrell Goldwarner number one. Like you're clearly just doing this to fuck with me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm screw you. Um, there were a couple where it seemed like people just did it wrong. So the people who had like Provorov and Carter Hart. And, Konechny at 23, 24, 25, and then had like yeah. Matthew Strom and Tanner Lazinski at one and two. It's like, okay, I think you just switched your ballot around. So yeah. a couple of them I manually flipped. Um, so maybe there were more people. Maybe there are some people who are just like, no, I actually really do think Tanner Lazinski is 24 spots better than Ivan Provorov. But, you know, I think I fixed most of those. So with that yeah. acknowledged, yeah, only 95 um, that did not have him number one. And not not one person left him off of their ballot 
happen. This usually happens. Usually we got some funny joker out there who's like, oh, no, I'm not going to leave Evan Prover off on my ballot. <laughs> but there was one last year on about as many ballots. Um, this year there were none, at least none that I included. Yeah. I can't even fathom that world where you don't consider him in the top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, especially the are those the same people that didn't consider Ben Simmons a rookie or <laughs> like last year I got it. Cause I think it was definitely a debate between Provorov and, and Goss and like Patrick and connecting are both pretty good and they have a ton of upside, but I don't think they're good. Get there. But... Yeah. They're not there. Not, they're not, yet. not yet. So. And I picked a few guys on here that I, I might have gone more with their upside than their actual immediate ranking, but um, I did what I did. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'd like to knock these out before we forget about them. But we took a few reader questions this week. Oh yeah, so. I, I guess really listener questions because this is an audio medium after all. But uh, so we asked for some questions, and uh, some people were kind enough to send some over. So thank you very much for sending them over, and we're gonna try to fly through a few of these. But uh, yeah, again, do appreciate you sending the questions in to be answered on the show. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this started with Twitter follower, the Blue Raja, and I, I hope I'm saying that right. I, I, I think I am, but I hope I'm saying that right. But uh, the Blue Raja asked what our favorite NHL guardians are. And, you know, I, I completely forgot about the NHL guardians project when uh, the NHL in a misguided marketing attempt teamed up with Stan Lee to create a bunch of NHL themed superheroes. Oh, boy. I forgot these even existed, to be honest. <laughs> oh, they're just not good. <laughs> they are terrible, and most of these are just ripoffs of existing characters, so I'm going to run through these really quick. The one is... The one... I looked at them earlier, just... One look... One is Wolverine. Like, one is just straight yes. up Wolverine, yeah. Uh, which one? Which one? I like the blues one, actually. And I think it's... Yeah, the blues one's kind of great, actually. It might be the winner overall. Uh, where's Wolverine? Um, it's not the Flyers one, which is an Archangel I, buff. Yeah. I don't have a I don't have a favorite one, but I will say I think the one, the clear worst one to me is the Canucks one, which I just find hilarious that they that, of course, are the worst one. Like, they weren't at the time, but, like, now it's funny that they end up being... The Thrasher is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. It is some plain old white guy with a jetpack and some, <laughs> I don't even know what. And it says, the consummate Southern gentleman, military man, fastest member of the Guardian Air Force. I guess the NHL Guardians have an Air Force. Is that a joke? This the Rangers, that's like the most badass NHL team name, rest in peace. And like, you give it like that guy? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this was a... Uh... This project was all around. Uh, it was something. All right, let's do some quick takes through these. So we've got the duck uh, surfing Batman. Great. The Thrasher just trashed him. Uh, the Bruin bear with muscles. Buffalo Saber <laughs> Iceman with a sword. Flames. I don't know. Fiery wing guy. Great. Whatever. Who cares? Carolina Hurricane. He's got a tornado, but even though he's a hurricane. What's up with his hair? 
Chicago Blackhawk, another generic white guy with like wings and stuff. Oh my God, what is this? Yeah. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, uh, Mr. Freeze Helmet, great. Uh, Columbus Blue Jacket, clearly a Transformer. Dallas Star, Robot Man, alien thing. Uh, Red Wing, another Transformer. And does he have <laughs> bike legs? Are those are those bike legs I detect? I don't understand what I'm looking at. Are his his legs bikes? What the hell is going on with the Red Wing here? This might be the most confusing one yet. Oh, they might be. Actually, let me. Yeah, I think they are. That is a uh, yeah, that's a lot going on there. Yes, the oiler is the juggernaut with oil cannons. <laughs> I just remember the juggernaut video, by the way. I don't know if you guys. Is that the I'm the juggernaut bitch. <laughs> yeah, video? that one from. Yeah. Yeah. The Panther is just Black Panther with a blue suit. <laughs> yeah, with a blue suit. It's just Black. By Panther. the way, they, and they also they put the old Panthers logo on there that they used for like those three years back in their early. Their early team, so. Yeah, I kind of wish they brought back those third jerseys, though, like the the powder blue. I like those. They weren't yeah. bad. They weren't great, but they weren't bad. Uh, the king looks pretty dumb. In my yeah, opinion. that's a bad one. The king's real dumb. He's so dumb, I don't even want to talk about him. Meanwhile, the wild's got some weird werewolf man out here. Uh, radioactive, yeah. Bobcat? Is that what that is? He's been in the fucking weight room, though. That guy's chugging his way because he was gigantic. Works out. Yeah, gotta give him that. The Canadian is... Oh, Canadian might be pretty... He might be the worst one, too. He's pretty generic. Yeah, the Canadian's just basically Iron Man. He's an Iron Man ripoff. I also... It looks like he's also, like... Controls power absorption and magnification. (laughs) Ooh, magnification. (laughs) Can really magnify a shitty deal they're working on. Like, yeah, we are going to take Shea Weber for the rest of eternity. (laughs) Uh, the Preds do not have one. Huh. Wonder what that's about. Yeah, that's definitely odd. And uh, moving on to the devil, the devil's like a horse devil. <laughs> it's a horse. <laughs> the Islanders about as shitty as any Islanders jersey you've ever seen. Does that a yeah. blue and orange gray hook? He looks like the Juggernaut too, though. Or he kind of yeah. He does look like the Juggernaut. <laughs> it's true. And the Rangers over here with his tiny little adorable shield. Aw. Oh, that's a vanity plate. That's a vanity plate. <laughs> He's an innovative machinist as well. They're so fucking terrible. <laughs> the Ranger, I M A R N G R, got a New York plate on that thing. In case you didn't notice, with the Ranger shield and the jersey and him flying through the air in this thing, he is in fact a Ranger. So he had to put the light. He had to put it on the license plate. So the the senator is about just as generic as you think. He's just a muscular senator. Great for you. And then the flyer is a complete ripoff of Archangel from the X-Men. Oh, the Arizona Coyote. Here we go. Who at the time were the Phoenix Coyotes were Wolverine. Look at that guy. The Phoenix Coyotes guy is literally Wolverine. Yeah. Stanley just punted on that one. He's like, yeah, I'm not. We're not doing this. (laughs) Excelsior, true believers. I'll make the Coyote Wolverine and the Penguin Cyclops. (laughs) Penguins, another boring white dude. Another boring white guy, perfect for Pittsburgh. Can't fly, which makes sense because penguins can't fly. There you go. I'm born them, remember. (laughs) The shark has skis and a shark head, but he has a man body. 
Sure. The blue is a master musician. I think the blue might be the best one. Like you guys are saying. Looking yeah. Yeah. The most creative one, at least. He is an interdimensional teleportation expert. <laughs> that he is. He, he loves trading for shins, too. <laughs> Making those one-for-one one trades. One-for-one. One. Straight up for Gerald yeah. Laterra. Oh, boy. The lightning guy has a great mohawk. Uh, he's got a lightning... Uh, surfboard and a lightning. It mohawk. looks like all of it is his mohawk, though. Like it, it, yeah. It's just a lot of, yeah. The maple leaf, for some reason, is basically just swamp thing. So great. <laughs> yeah, I still stick by the Canucks one as the worst one. Look at this dude. The Canuck is clearly Batman with like a fin on his head or something. With a fin it's, on his head. He's got a fin and a cape, and that's it. And he's like. Never forget, though, that he is the resident guardian sage. He's got that going for him. And lastly, we've got the capital who he's a bird man. He's an he's jacked. He works out. He definitely lives. He works out hardcore. And we just ran down the NHL guardian project, which might be the worst piece of marketing the league's ever put out. And that is saying something. Yeah, that, that's a crowning achievement. Yeah. Wasn't this for the All Stars? For the All Star game, right? But yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was for the All Stars. Yeah, that, was... that is a high bar. Oh, what man. You, what is what was the steal what was the deal with the Predators one? Do we know? Or was that just like that webpage? I'll call Stan Lee and ask He's got free time. <laughs> Excelsior, I don't remember the Predators, but I do remember making Spider Man. Listen up, true believers. <laughs> So blues, blue. The answer is blues. Yeah. Yes, the St. Louis Blue, the master musician himself, is the winner here. <laughs> that was interesting. That was some content right there. That was sweet tangy tan. Yeah, that was good stuff. <laughs> that was some content and a couple other questions from Blue Raja here that we'll try to get through quickly to avoid doing an eight-hour podcast. <laughs> If Dave Haxtall wasn't the coach, would everyone be happier with the lineup? Which head coach would you want instead? So my answer for this is uh, I doubt everybody would be happier with the lineup. And uh, I'm not sure which coach I'd want, but I do know what type of coach I want. And I'd want somebody uh, younger with some uh, more innovative ideas. Hax disappointed me most in that department to this point. Yeah, I would say that uh, I think people could be happier because the lineup is still, I mean, there are still some pretty bad decisions at times, like putting raffle on the top line at the end of the year. And also just consist like Phil Pula being the three C the entire year last year and things of that nature, you know, crap right again. But uh, another coach, <laughs> another coach, I was aboard the fire hacks to hire Claude Julian train. Uh, when that happened, I don't know. I mean, like now, Dave Tippett's available, right? I, I don't really know that, or like you were saying, a younger guy that's supposed to be innovative, and that would be uh, on the bench with him. That would be now block, I think. But I, I don't know. I, I've kind of given up on the whole another coach besides Haxtell thing because I just don't think it's going to happen in the near future. Yeah, I mean, not to, not to 
try and like talk people out of complaining about the lineup being bad because it is bad. But you know, most coaches do something with their lineup yeah. that we're gonna hate. Right. Um, if I could pick another head coach, you know, I do hate to say it, but Mike Sullivan has done a great job with Pittsburgh. Yeah, like, Mike Sullivan nailed it. Yeah, he absolutely has. He's maximized that lineup in a way Billsman never did. Yeah, and I mean, they the, the one year they won the cup, they did they didn't have a defense. Not like they had an above average defense that it wasn't great or anything, but they just didn't have Latang, and they were rolling Trevor Daly out there on the top pairing, and they they won games and won the Stanley Cup. So. He has a system that works pretty well. And I mean, he has good he got players the horses but... to use it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. I mean, look, and this, so this is a point that, um, not to stray too far off topic here, but, uh, Doug Peterson, coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, who won the Super Bowl, as you may know, um, had a quote, I think he, or there was a quote about him yesterday. I think it was from training camp. I think it was from, um, Nick Foles, who caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl that the Eagles won. Um, I think he, there was some quote that, um, very quickly made the rounds in Flyers Twitter about how um, about how uh, what Foles likes about Peterson a lot is that you know he tailors his offense to the strengths of his players, and um, and you know that's a good thing for a coach to be. And I think that's one thing that you know Sullivan did really well. He looked at what he looked at what Pittsburgh had. He said, okay, yeah. we've got these extremely talented offensive players. We've got a defense that can't defend. Let's just try and gun with these guys. Like, let's play run and gun. Teams aren't going to beat us this way. Like, if they can slow it down, power to them, but they're probably not going to. And, like, yeah. that's the kind of thing you want to see coaches do. You want to see them, like, take the ingredients in front of them and make the best meal possible that they can. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really good point. And I, yeah, I feel like the old school mentality is, you know, it's the, it's the coach's rule, and you kind of have to cater to what the coach wants, but – with Sullivan and Peterson, it's kind of like, what do you guys want to do? And we'll go with it, and I'll make a scheme for that. And, uh, I mean, it's been working, and I, I just don't think Hackstall is going to be the guy to kind of, you know, bend that way. I don't think – I mean, is there really even a coach out there that, like, realistically, that the Flyers could get? Yeah, I mean – Probably somewhere, but, you know. Yeah. Thousands of coaches out there. Who knows who the like which ones yeah. are good? Don't really know. <laughs> Look in the mirror. It could even be you. Well, that, yeah, that's a terrible idea for them. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just putting Danic Martell on the first line. He's doing horrible. <laughs> Calling up Matthew Strom. Fuck you, yeah. <laughs> He can skate just fine. <laughs> yeah. Interesting question here. If you could undo any trade in the past 10 years, which one would it be? Now, I put down a list of them, but I don't think some of them I don't really think are bad. They're just big trades within the last 10 years. Like I put down Carter and Richards, but I think both of them are. I think, I think at the end. Easy. No, no disrespect. I think this one's pretty uh, easy. JVR. Oh, yeah. What, what about what about Bob? So that that's you know that's that's a fair one to bring up because they got I think a two a four and a four in that trade and you know that's yeah. not much for a guy who ended up being ended up you know winning two Vesnas Vesnas for like Lear Stellars and I I think they ended up trading the third pick they did they traded it for Simone Gagne oh there you go when he came back for that one right oh my now. that whole pick yeah um <laughs> I. I <laughs> 
you know, and I hate to say this because it's, you know, very hindsighty and it's the kind of thing you say when you know that, you know, I don't actually have a good argument about this, but I don't know if Bob would have been like this Bob if he'd been in him, if yeah. he stayed in Philly. Because, you know, things were weird. Like, Briz came in, you know, people forget this, but Bob was actually not good like that year before they oh, traded yeah. him. Yeah. He was, he was, I thought he was pretty good in 2010-11. I was rookie year he was, you know, yeah, and then there was the whole goalie carousel thing, and, you yeah. know, there's a decent chance that, you know, Peter Lavillo was a good coach, and speaking of good coaches, but speaking of the fact that good coaches will inevitably do something stupid at some point, like, what he did in that playoff series. In game two. Buffalo and Boston, like, yeah. that, you know, that may have screwed up Bob indefinitely. I like, Maybe, like, it was just never going to work here for him. Right. I, I think you're right about the hindsight part because I'm looking back and it was a thing where once they kind of blew it up and made Briscoff the guy, you were getting three picks for a backup goalie. And I've said that a bunch, but I think it's just now knowing that, <laughs> you know, the, the, the bias came and Briscoff is no longer on the team. But the Flyers lost a guy who has, is probably one of the best goalies in the league for nothing. But it is it is a thing where at the time making that deal it did it it was sound and it made sense. Yeah, that was a deal that was reasonable at the time that worked out poorly. The JVR deal worked out bad. poorly and everyone knew it, it was, was bad from the moment it happened. Yeah, yeah, that is true. They traded yeah. a thirty goal scorer for a number six defenseman because he was <laughs> big and right handed, and his bro- and his brother played for the team. Yeah, yeah. You have to unite brothers wherever you can because clearly uniting siblings is more important than talent. Yeah. I, what about, what about, uh, I mean, where would you put the McDonald trade? Because I mean, they didn't trade much for him. The bigger problem yeah, is that Holmgren signed the that contract. That McDonald was brought here. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It was that he came here and it was still, because I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, they ultimately got JVR back, which doesn't make that trade any better because they lost out on a bunch of seasons of him. His prime years at four point two five million. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. It would have been all right here, I guess. Yeah, I think he would have been fine here. And the bigger yeah. issue is that Luke Shen was largely hot garbage during his tenure as yeah. a flyer. Yeah, I also thought the Gagne trade sucked a lot too at the time, especially considering he ended up playing a couple seasons after that, and he could he would have been fine here. The first one. Yeah, the, the one for Matt Walker and kept Matt Walker. Marcel Nobels. Should have kept him. He's back, right? Yeah. Your boy's back? Uh, apparently he's... Uh, I There was a report when we did uh, when I did PSH uh, Radio last week, because Seth brought up too, where he was talking with the Bruins, but then I followed up today, and apparently it still hasn't gotten done yet, and they've like hit a snag in contract talks or something dumb, but I don't know. I thought... And I feel like I'm going crazy because I thought there was a reason why he was let go rather than just he wasn't good. I thought there was some kind of behind closed doors reason, but I like a Patrick Maroon kind of reason. Yeah. And I, I thought it was something like he had. I don't know if it's because he had attitude. I don't know what it was. I'm not. I can't really. I got nothing. I looked up. I, I even looked up on the HF boards. I couldn't find anything, which, you know, if I'm going there, I'm I'm just digging for rumors left and right rather than facts. So couldn't, I couldn't find anything. He just sucked. We'll go with that. <laughs> we'll, just go, we'll just go with that. I think it's the JVR trade. <laughs> I think it, I, I think it's JVR, but the the way that Kurt laid it out, I think it is JVR. I, with hindsight included, I think it might be Bob. But well, Kurt really took us to school here. Yeah, Bears like it comes on for one What's episode. Up? Yeah. <laughs> 
You should be embarrassed. And I think the trade one is settled very quickly. Cake or pie? I go cake. Cake. I like pie. So we got two cakes, one pie. And uh, finally, I think this one's really obvious. But what's the better number? 41 or 33? Uh, 41. Because of Sean Burke. Probably better than 33, yeah. <laughs> it's more. It's more. Also greater, yeah. It's more, and Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of an obvious answer, but we appreciate it because it was the score of Super Bowl 52, which I, we, I've been told is the one that the Eagles recently won. I love being on top. <laughs> it's, yeah, we got a couple I'll never stop. We got a couple more months here. What if they, wait, what if they repeat? What if they repeat? Can you just imagine how obnoxious we would be? Oh, my God. I'm just going to walk around town with my giant Eagles brass my- balls out. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Like, I'm just going to start emailing people and, like, Facebook messaging people and just letting them know. Like, people I haven't talked to for years in high school and just be like, hey, man, you like football still, right? Because uh, I'm still an Eagles fan. <laughs> Check this out. Back to back. <laughs> back to back. Oh, be terrible. Absolutely terrible in the best possible way. From Eamon seven seven eight one eight six two one, lots of numbers there. What do you think of Nashville as a team, franchise, and fan base? And furthermore, what do you think of the Pecorino situation? So I love Nashville as a, a team, franchise, and fan base. I think they're a really unique presence in the NHL, uh, a much needed one. And I love PK Subban, and I just I love where the Predators are and. They're uh, one of my favorite presences outside of Philadelphia in the NHL. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Predators. I, fun I, there, no doubt. Yeah, I think it was a lot of fun during the 2017 playoffs before they ultimately uh, decided. Would have been, been more fun if they had beaten yeah, that yeah. Uh, other yeah. team, but let's not talk about yeah. that. Well, and I think a big part of them not doing that was Pekka Renee, which is a... Uh, but I think the fan base, I think they are what a lot of the newer teams or the non-traditional markets are should strive for, I guess, because they've really uh, accepted that team and they kind of made a lot of things their own, like the goalie chance and bringing in <laughs> Titans to chug beers before games and having all the different country catfish. singers. Yeah. The catfish thing. So I, I think I like everything that they've, they've done down there. Um, the right question is an interesting one. Just cause yeah. he won the Vesna, right? He did, and I don't think anybody's really accepted that still. Yeah, and it's uh, bizarre. Yeah, like I, I completely forgot about it too. And, uh, and like, but he was he was good, not like Vesna. He was good, year, but, but he, he... Was good. and he's been good for a couple of years now, which is funny because I remember like back, you know, a couple of years ago because he's what thirty five, thirty six. Like people, yeah, thought he was washed a few years ago and then i think the last two three years he's mostly been good but they have um they have soros or soros soros whatever yeah yeah. and he's under contract and he's also really good he's under contract for some time i mean if you can deal him like i get why they're probably not going to yeah but like i feel like this could create a fascinating situation in season like maybe if soros is outplaying him do you deal him like do you worry about you know having to face him in the playoffs or something i think the thing about rene is it's the last year of his contract yeah he's a ufa and yeah, right. if i'm the predators i think you just ride it out because at worst if you go with soros like you've got rene as a backup and there's a lot worse options out there 
Yeah, and I, I think it's, I think it's one of those things where it feels like it should be a move they should make, but they're ultimately not going to just because I, I think he's been there forever, and they're gonna look at yeah, it the, at the angle like they still have a chance. Like, why would they? Feel I feel like it would be like one of those locker room arguments. This is one of those things where it's easy for us to say, yeah, they should totally do that. Yeah, they should totally trade this guy who was, you know, the face of their franchise for the better part of a decade. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I realize, you know, we like to say stuff like this and it's fun and there's logic behind it. But, you know, it doesn't always it isn't always something that's practical. Yeah. And, and also, does he have a no move? I feel like he might. I don't know if he does, but he also makes a buttload of money, you know, speaking scientifically. And I feel like a lot of teams, if they're going to trade for him, they're not. It's going to be a playoff team that's probably close to the cap because you're not going to trade assets for Renee to get him to sign him next season if you're not in the playoff hunt. Because then why would you not just wait for the end of the season? So I feel like it. Modified NTC and MC. How much does he make per year? Seven mil a season. Yeah, so I mean that's I mean they could just eat some of that if they were to trade him, but I, I just I think ultimately when it's all said and done, he's just not gonna be traded. I think they're gonna let him they're gonna get to have one more run with him. So the Preds have about <laughs> seven million or so in cash also, space right now. So they've got enough space to make a move if they have to. Yeah. Also, I think why I don't think about the vest now is because he shit the bed in the first period of game seven. Like those, he led in two goals against the Jets that were, I mean, they were something. I think one, I think both of them were below the goal line. If I remember, I know one of them was, and I think another one was just like a seeing eye warm burner from like the top of the circle. So he just couldn't stop. So he, uh, he got pulled in like the first seven minutes or something obnoxious. But that it guy, was quick. It was quick yeah. in that game. I don't remember the exact time, but yeah. yeah. So I, like I think before they hit the first commercial break. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. But that's a uh, yeah. That's that's back right for you. One last question from Iman: What was your least favorite class in high school, and why? Mine was Spanish. Uh, my teacher was kind of a jerk. That's why. Uh, I Kurt, do you have one right now? I'm trying no, to think. Physics. I was gonna say I fucking hated physics. It's real hard. And also, <laughs> I took it senior year. Yeah, and it, I was exactly the same. Check yeah. the fuck out. I think I slept through most of that class. I remember I used so much thinking. Yeah, I was like, I, the, yeah. And I remember I, I think I had the teacher throw the the eraser at me three times in that class because I was sleeping. <laughs> so like, I just I didn't stand a chance, and I just have bad memories of. Yeah, that, that was. I, I don't know how I even passed that class. I passed physics because my teacher literally never gave me a graded test back. <laughs> I feel like physics is one of those things where it, it would be like now, not as a class, like, you know, maybe you kind of like look at it and kind of try and understand it now in your free time. But man, like senior high school, like second semester, just I, I could not have cared less, I guess. Just like that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, forget that. I changed my answer, by the way. I really hated pre-calc trig because my teacher was terrible and I learned nothing. Yeah. All right. Three more questions. Uh, Danny Fortuna, one, two, three. Who, which sport do you think has the most unanimous answer of greatest opponent? I don't think it's. I really think this has to be the NHL, right? I mean, it's got to be Gretzky. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
the NBA was closed for a while until LeBron came along. Before LeBron, it was always yeah. consensus Jordan. But now you've got this uh, clear divide between LeBron, greatest of all time, and Jordan, greatest of all time supporters. Right. And then NFL, you put down Montana and Brady, but I... Yeah, I feel like NFL is really hard. It's most likely a quarterback, but I feel you like... Got, you know, you got Marino, you got... um. You got Nick Foles. You and got Nick a lot Foles. up there. People throw like I've heard people say Jerry Rice too. So like it's there's uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of NFL is like yeah, too no, there's no consensus there. And I think baseball has the same problem as football, where you kind of have too many positions to really pick from to consider one the greatest, and yeah. you've got a clear divide between like pitching and hitting per se, where. Uh, you might think like, uh, I don't know, X amount X person is yeah. the uh, best pitcher of all time, but uh, usually it comes down to hitters. Like you've got, like you've got, you know, you've got Ruth, you've got Aaron, and some people might even say Barry Bonds. I mean, he, even with all the steroids, he's one of the best of all time. And in hockey, I mean, it pretty much just comes down to Gretzky. Yeah, I think, well, I think it, some people could make the argument for Lemieux. Like, if you really wanted to lay it out, I guess. But I think there's too many there's too many jumps to conclusions there. Because he had a... Yeah, like, he had a ton of injuries and everything. And I think he... I mean, he had a... He might be the greatest... I don't know, like, maybe most dynamic player ever, I guess. Like He's one of the greatest talents. Yeah, but he... I mean, Gretzky was... Still it's literally called the great. One. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think it is NHL. It has to be NHL. Yeah. It's got to be NHL. And then two from Tom Mulvey to close this out. First one. Do you think there is an undervalued prospect on another team that needs to change oh, the scenery who Ron could potentially acquire and who would prove to be a steal in Philly? I'm not really sure about this one myself. So uh, I'm going to let you guys take a crack at this one. Uh, Kurt and Greg. I truthfully, I, I mean, I'm not like huge into prospects around the league. Honestly, though, not even not knowing a ton, my guess here is no. And here's why I think the Flyers have the best depth of prospects of any team yeah. in the National Hockey League. And like any guy who's on the outs and like may have some hidden value, like the Flyers aren't going to be. Like it may make sense for some team, but the Flyers probably aren't that team because like yeah. they're not going to spend a ton of time and you know capital trying to get someone who may like fit into the depth of their prospect pool somewhere. Like yeah. where they where they have gaps is at like the very top in terms of, like guys who will probably be true difference makers. But like no team in the NHL probably has more prospect depth than them right now and. Even in the best case scenario, a guy like this you're describing will probably just be, you know, a guy who will fit into the depth of this organization. I will. Uh, I didn't see this question beforehand because if I did, I think I would have maybe looked it up a little bit. But I will say a name just so Tom does get a name, I guess. Uh, I Adam Mashrin was a guy that the uh, the Panthers had, and he put up pretty good points in the OHL. And I think he was a second round pick with the Panthers. And then they just had a falling out and he got redrafted by the stars. And I actually, I was going to bring him up before uh, in one of the pre-draft episodes, but I, we just kind of ran short on time because it was a lot of uh, draft path stuff. But I, I would say that would be a guy that I would have liked to have seen the flyers go after in a redraft 
after falling out with the Panthers. So other than that, I really don't know. I think the interesting caveat here is that the Flyers actually have a few guys that because they're buried or whatever here could actually be better utilized on other teams around the league Mm -hmm. than they are currently in Philadelphia. A guy like Rupsoff or Marin. <laughs> I mean, like Cooper Modi got traded. Yeah, exactly. Probably for that reason. Right. Yeah, and I mean, we're going to start. Yeah, I think uh, they talked about it on the other show too, but I think we're going to start seeing that uh, pretty soon, mm-hmm. especially yeah, in the next. It's just, there's just, and it's a good problem to have, but you're just eventually going to have to start trading guys you aren't going to think are going to make it in the next few years to get draft, uh, draft picks that you can utilize further down the road when there could be openings kind of like the, the Mats and cousins trade where they picked up Brendan Warren, who was a, a younger guy who could have potentially made the team in a few years. But I mean, he's not, he, he's not going to make the team because he's uh, not good. But uh, do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, the, the one, the one maybe possible point I'd bring up there is, you know, some one could reasonably hope that instead of, just flipping those guys for more draft picks, you start flipping them in, you know, rental deals. So one thing, yeah. when that Marodi trade happened, there were you know some complaints about it, which I, some of which I thought were reasonable, some of which seemed like whining for whining's sake. The one that I heard that was interesting was, so the Flyers, you know, traded a third round pick to get Peter Morazic, and then um, you know, they essentially recouped that by trading um by trading Marodi, um. The pick that they got from Rody, that that's what I meant to say. The pick they got from Rody was the third round pick that the Devils dealt Edmonton for Pat Maroon. And like, could you could you just say, well, you know, what if instead of dealing Marody for a third round pick, you deal them you deal him for, you know, a player who can help you. Yeah. So like yeah, you I know, mean, guys like that have value as chips for rentals. Yep. I mean, uh, we just talked about I mean, Cliff Poo is not no offense Cliff <laughs> Poo, he's a fine prospect but he's not a guy that i feel like the flyers have a couple guys that are probably around that level of cliff who that he could probably throw in a deal like you were just saying and get somebody like an actual nhl play for it so the actual hockey player traded for steve downey an actual (laughs) the good old mustard yeah Uh, how ironic how ironic that we have kurt on and we're having a, <laughs> a, a podcast while talking about Dijon Kovacevic. So. Craig, no. That is a deep, Craig, deep no. cut, folks. That is a joke I think 10 people will appreciate, but I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> but yeah. They're going to fucking love it. Yeah, they're going to fucking love that joke. That's a good one. That's a top shelf joke. <laughs> deep cuts. Fly purbly. Oh, God. Um. And we've got one yeah. last question from Tom here. Uh, kind of an interesting th- one. What do you think Nolan Patrick's realistic ceiling is? And, you know, in my opinion, I think he's got a great shot uh, ceiling of being a number one line NHL center. I I mean, I think so, too. I How many points did he get this year? 20? 30. 30. He got 30. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, he got 30 in the first half of the season. He was not good. Uh, hot garbage. And I think oh. as he gets better line mates and uh, is actually healthy. I mean, he had he had reasons why he wasn't good. I'm not just, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I, I, don't, I don't know. They're like 70, 70 points out of, 
I remember him when he got drafted when we were at the draft party. I saw um, up on the screen. I think the NHL comparable they had for him was Eric Stahl, and you know that's that's you know, a pretty lofty upper bound. Um, yeah. You know comparable because you know Stahl. I think was never a guy who you're like, yeah, he's the best in the NHL, but no one would have argued that he was anything short of a top line center. Yeah. Basically his entire twenties. And I mean, you know, if he gets there, you know, we're all throwing a freaking party. Um, Yeah. Like if he turns into what Eric Stahl is right now at like 34 years old, that's a win. He just got 40 goals. Wait, did he just get 40 he had goals? 42 goals day. last year. Okay, yeah. 42 goals. So, yeah, I think I'd be fine with that. I think yeah. I'm fine with that. Well, I was, I was going to say, is like is 70 points, do you think you would ever reach that mark? So, the almost unfortunate I mean, thing for Nolan Patrick here is the fact that uh, due to Sean Couturier's uh, level of play, uh, he's buried behind him on the death yeah. chart. Uh, Couturier has proven himself to be a number one. NHL center right yeah. now, but doesn't uh, look like he's going anywhere. No, definitely not. And with Nolan Patrick, I mean, a great, it's a great litmus test this year. Cause I'm not going to say never, but he's not, maybe not going to get better line mates than he's going to have this upcoming season oh, with the, yeah. uh, with Voracek and JVR. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a great time to prove himself. Yeah. This year's this year. Yeah. Hopefully how far I have one more question, I guess. Where where would the Flyers finish for you to actually be happy with their season? What is a I don't think making the playoffs is would do it this year. No. I think they need to win a round. Yeah, I mean so I think you say that and like I agree, like, you know, that's the logical next step forward. It's also tough because you know we won't be happy first round. Like any first round series is going to be either against Washington or Pittsburgh. And like, that's yeah. hard. Yeah. Like, even though I think Washington, you know, I don't want to sound bitter here. I think Washington got a little lucky at the right time and won a Stanley Cup. And I didn't think their roster was that good for most of last year. Like, uh, they're, I think that's fair. They're a good team. Like, they're still a good team who is going to be tough to beat in the playoffs, obviously, yeah. which is such a weird thing to say about the Washington Capitals. I mean, my God. <laughs> What a time to be alive. Well, the old joke is they always take you to seven and they've always been tough in the playoffs, but they've always folded when it counted most. This year was the exception. Maybe the Capitals were so good this year because before each game, they listened to Cole Beasley's rap album and they got pumped up with that. (laughs) Just losing all around. All right. Good night and good hockey, guys. I'm out of here. There we go. I did it. Good time. United hate of America. Kurt is going to be so tired tomorrow at work, and uh, apologize for that. Yeah, there are a bunch of fucking weirdos that stand no, 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 this is fun. This is fun. United hate of America. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to crank Cole Beasley all day. It's gonna United Noah Kate. You know, Craig. I just got to say, I am what I am. <laughs> And I'm sorry, not sorry. Yeah, I got to tell you about my baby right now. Sorry, not sorry was the one I had heard before. Some other podcast I listened to. I was on it's an Eagles podcast. They they played Cole Beasley's rap album and reacted to it. It's like this is that was the one. (laughs) Just the hook of sorry, not sorry was you know a a lyrical masterpiece. Wait, wait, was it Birds with Friends? Yes, it was. It was was Birds with Friends. Are we ripping off Birds with Friends? (laughs) God damn it. 
I'm sorry. That's fine. I'm sorry. The, no. I mean, that's it's still. I think this needs to be talked about. This should have been. I can't believe it came out in May. The al- the album came out in May, did it? Do we know? Prime season for a rapper who happens to be a who happens I, to catch football. I just whatever. can't believe that we've gone months and I I haven't heard. <laughs> like I just I can't I don't I don't know I I haven't been doing anything like I haven't been preoccupied. I was open to accept Cole Beasley rap album news, and I just it's I'm just fascinated. I was, I'm just fascinated. I wasn't on top of it. I'm kind of disappointed in myself. That's all. Were you doing things that day? What's that? Were you doing things that day? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I was open to accept Cole Beasley <laughs> rap albums. That's an exact quote from Craig Forsyth. Pull quote. Put it on my resume. <laughs> Skip prepared. I like it. I, I know, bro. <laughs> oh my god, it's a Hecardona story. <laughs> oh I, well, I, we I, we can do the question. We'll play the game another time because it's already. How long are we going on with this? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, let's do around the league, and we'll do a game in two weeks. Oh my god, around the league. Okay. Uh, yeah, rep fire. You want me to do it this time? Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, if you want to do it, fire. All right, I'll do a couple. You do a couple. We'll tag team it. So Cody CC and Jamil. Jamel. Jamel Smith went yeah. to arbitration. Uh, CC was awarded one year, four point three million RFA in twenty nineteen. Smith Award one year two hundred seven hundred twenty k RFA in twenty nineteen. Cody CC four point three million. What a world! Yeah, what that is that's that's something. That's a, yeah. There's a team going wow. places. Uh, Mark Stone and William Carlson avoid arbitration. Stone one year seven point three five million UFA in twenty nineteen. Carlson one year five point twenty five million RFA in twenty nineteen. And uh, Carlson almost felt like he could have gotten more after being one of the league leaders in gold last year. Yeah, but I mean, I think Vegas. It makes sense for Vegas to hold the line there. You know, he shot like eighty seven percent last year, and they they know he's not going to do that again. Yeah, he jumped from like I one hundred percent agree, and I'm shocked they made the right decision. Yeah. Jumped from like ten career goals of forty one in a season or whatever. So I think uh, I think any contract would have been weird overall. It was just a weird situation to go. To. I was expecting a dump truck of inexplicable <laughs> money to be thrown at Carlson, and it would have been hilarious. Well, especially after you're seeing Tom Wilson get, you know, the human dump truck get a ton of money from the Capitals for no reason. Yeah, money that they could have given their coach, but they threw it in the trash instead. Yeah, yeah. And man, that, that Stone contract is, you know, reasonable for a year, but Ottawa is just going to be fascinating to watch this year. Like, and not yeah. just in the sense that, you know, Dumpster fires are fun to watch, but like, you know, <laughs> Stone is up this year. Uh, Carl, Carlson, of course, is up this year. Mm-hmm. Shane is up this year. Uh, Cody Cece, who is absolutely as good as the three players I just mentioned, is up this year. <laughs> uh, like they got they have a lot of decisions to make and they don't have a first round pick. Like it's I it just, I'm, yeah, I, I'm so excited. It's, it's fascinating. I'm so excited for the 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 chance that the centers could go through all this pain and torture this year and they could land the first overall pick and then they just don't get it. Like they just have to watch the next generational player go to the avalanche. And I'm very, 
I'm excited. I like, yeah, I like watching other fan bases suffer. It's great. I'm a big fan. It'd be pretty funny to see the Avalanche after seeing the Flyers and Devils steal, which would have been their first round pick. Get that first round pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I mean, Jack Hughes is supposed to be a monster. So I, I think they may have taken that over Nico. We'll see what happens, though. You never know. Yeah. John Gibson signed for eternity. Uh, eight years, $6.4 million a season starting, not this season, but next season. And uh, a lot of long-term goalie contracts being thrown around lately yeah. for a position that uh, is obviously very important, but can be notoriously inconsistent. Yeah, and I want to say he did sign for eight years, but maybe he'll like start talking with uh, Ryan Miller about politics or something. I don't want to like be bought out. And then uh, Ryan Ellis signed a eight-year extension in Nashville, uh, $6.25 million a year, starting next season as well. Uh, Andre Sequeira out indefinitely after Achilles surgery, suffered an injury uh, working out, was, I believe, what he was doing. So, you know, it's tough to do when you're a professional athlete. And he only played 36 games last season as well. I think he had like an ACL tear or something last year. Oh, man. Yeah. So probably trying to rehab that and then get screwed over. And then, Kurt, did you put this in here? Yeah. yeah um, I forget where I saw today. It was nowhere official because the Eklund. reaction would have been louder. But it would make sense. There were un- extremely unconfirmed rumors that Edmonton may look, you know, to try and replace Andre Sikhar because, you know, that front office is under pressure. They have Connor McDavid and haven't won anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they might do something stupid. I don't know. Just what if AMAC for uh, Marodi? Just bring him back. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> Who says no? <laughs> uh, Mark Latestu, uh, PTO with the Panthers, 23 points in 80 games between the Oilers and Blue Jackets last year, and then uh, zero points in six playoff games. Brady Kachuk, uh, Signed an ALC with the Senators. I'm sorry. Uh, Troy Barrer was bought out, uh, and they're going to be paying his contract for a while. Well, he has a $2.4 million cap hit this season, and then to pay $1.5 million against the cap for the next three seasons after that. 22 points in 76 games last year. He had six goals, and uh, he was the main player in the TJ Oshie deal. So I Well, no. Well, he got sent to the Blues in that deal, and then Calgary gave him that contract that everyone knew was terrible. Like, it was 4.5 a year, I think. Like, what was the Oshie deal? Because Brower's always been kind of bad with, uh, like, in terms of, uh, like a bottom sex guy. Yeah. Who sometimes gets used as more than that. Yeah. I'll have to look at that trick. Anyway, uh, Steve, do you want to write off the next couple ones? I want to look. Steven Santini signed for three years, one point four one six million a season. He is, yeah, he's one of the worst uh, defensemen in the league when it comes to underlying numbers. And I, you know, I'm not going to talk about the hockey viz uh, replacement or, you know, Wowie graphs because this is a an audio uh, medium, but. Numbers, uh, defenseman played 505 and five minutes or more. He posted a Corsi 4 percentage of 39.21, and he was the only defenseman in the post below 40. And then he was also a minus 12.33 relative Corsi 4 percentage guy on the 21st ranked Corsi 4 percentage team. So he just uh, apparently just, job. yeah, just goes on the ice and the, the other team gets the puck and shoots a lot. But the devil said, let's get a couple more years of that. And uh, pretty fun. I like how teams in the Flyers division are starting to make like the best decisions. 
Because the yeah. hurricane straight him in this. Uh... Not to belabor this any longer, but like, who in the division other than the Flyers is better than they were last year? I think that's a fair question. I I think they were the team. That... It's not the Penguins. They signed Jack Johnson for the next decade. Yeah, and uh, they traded. Well, they what, what they get in the share deal? Like they lost another forward who was you know not the best. You got like was... a draft pick, I think. Yeah. So. Uh... Caps. They're in salary room to get Jack Johnson, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 And then uh, the Capitals lost the only coach that's ever won them a Stanley Cup. So good move, guys. And Jade Beagle. And they lost Grubauer, but like, I mean, they're pretty much bringing back the same they're team, which, at which, like, I mean, I kind of agree with what I mean, it's a kind of old, lightning in a bottle. They may be a little worse, but yeah. But, you know, they'll still be good. I wouldn't say they're better than last year, though. No. Islanders clearly got worse. The Rangers haven't they didn't do anything drastic uh devils are the devils who are bringing back this dude and uh that's uh that's about it yeah i mean carolina, blue jack carolina what about blue jack yeah blue uh, carolina could be better yeah even with the skin trade i think they're better on the whole uh what uh what do blue jackets do anything anything i can't think of a, they got riley nash that's okay and that's a fair move that's like that's a good move anything else this summer there's Panarin rumors that haven't gone anywhere yet, but it's yeah. never a good sign when your best forward is saying that I, I want out, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not it a deal. Because Columbus isn't near an ocean or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what Jeff Carter did. You know, Jeff Carter wanted out of Columbus for not being near an ocean. You know, they signed Riley, <laughs> they signed Riley Nash. That is pretty much it. All right, which is like a fair move, but yeah. I mean, the Flyers added... JVR and lost two of the worst players. I think, like I think in terms of improvement, I think the Flyers are the team that upgrade the most. I think, even with think. Carolina's moves. I would agree. But yeah. Um. Where were we? Mark Hunter heads back to London. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I only put that down because there is that whole. It's part of he's he's considered a really good scout for the Maple Leafs. So I wonder what that loss does for their scouting. I guess in the next couple seasons, but again, not the biggest news out there. Just kind of interesting. It's August 15th, man. Yeah. We got to talk about stuff. We talked about, you know, uh, Scott Arneal named assistant coach with the Capitals, So he'll make up for the loss of uh, Barry Trotz. And then Andre Cache signed a three-year deal worth 2.6 million with the ducks. He is a 22 year old right winger who had 38 points in six, six games. And this is the older brother of David who, uh, we didn't talk about him all when we were talking about prospects earlier, so that kind of, I guess, be, I mean, he, do you have any idea on the amount of votes he got this year, Kurt? Oh, um, let's see here. Because, I mean, he, like, he's up. he's fine, but, like, he, I don't know, I'm not really expecting too, too much. He had a, he had a bounce back season, I guess, no, compared to what he had. Top 25, I have to pull up the other one to oh, see. Jesus. Never mind, you don't have to, if it's, uh, if it's no, a whole thing. I'm doing it now. Let's oh, see. hell yeah. Let's see it. Oh, he's God. already doing it. He's already doing it. <laughs> Jeez. Oh God, yes. Um, let's see here. Um, gosh, let's see here. Oh my, she can't find him. This is me. Um, it is twelve. Steve and I could talk about something else. All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's see here. Of of the one thousand and sixteen ballots that were here, um, one hundred and sixty four had him on the ballot. Oh, man. One out of every six or so. Yeah. Um, see, the highest vote he received. Um, someone had him at number four. 
At least one person had him at number four on their ballot. That had to have been like them messing up. I don't, I it's don't know. It's possible. Yeah, like four times. Six out there. Um, <laughs> a couple of twelves, and then yeah. Um, see it if I look in terms of it, in terms of point value. So you know what you know twenty five points for first place vote, so on and so on right. across every ballot from one to fifty one. Um, he was thirty fourth. Okay, I, I mean that feels about right. Oh, who was last? Um, Terrence Amorosa. Oh, R.I.P. Whole Bardro included, and that was a mistake on mine because he turned twenty five after I started it, but before the. the <laughs> so that just kind of proved that he's an afterthought. Yeah. So. <laughs> what? Well, who? Who was fiftieth then? I want to know who's like the most. Um, well, like no, Terrence Amorosa was last. Um, the bottom five was Terrence Amorosa, David Drake, Samuel Urson, Gavin Hain, and Marcus Westfault. Okay, so people just don't know him yet, I guess. Yeah, a lot, a lot of newbies in there. And then David Drake, who I like, David Drake's on a contract. I still kind of can't believe, honestly. He'll probably be in the ECHL for a lot of next year. I yeah, yeah, that, I would assume so. Fine. I think it was also. I think there's also a thing where Hextall wanted him in the organization, I guess, in case they didn't get... No, you know what? There, there's really no reason for it. I was going to say, in case they didn't get any defensemen they liked, they were kind of staying home in the draft, and then they ended up getting uh, Wiley can be considered that. But, I mean, it's still the timelines don't match up. Like, Wiley is still going to take a couple of years. There's no reason to bring Drake on. So There's never any reason for Drake. Yeah, always, always go with Travis Scott instead. Well, I do think Amoroso sucks uh, is the perfect <laughs> way to loop this podcast back around and kind of bring it back to the start. And uh, you suck. Get over it. Sorry, man. Sucks to suck. But uh, I want to thank Kurt for coming on. Thanks, thank you, Kurt. And, uh, Grand old time. Kurt, you're welcome back anytime. Hey, thanks. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, get some other people to come on soon. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. Yeah, especially when you have somebody on like Kelly. She's not uh, yeah. This is a. This is a. This is a long. This is a classic fly purple episode. Classic fly purple, even though it's the summer. Uh, you can't shut us up. Yeah, you can try. Can. I will never log off. <laughs> i had a quick uh oh, i had a quick programming note before we sign off so uh a number of people are probably subscribed to the old fly purbly rss feed uh this will be the last episode on that rss feed uh so please start using the bsh radio rss feed moving forward so uh the individual fly purbly rss feed is no more uh, please use the BSH, BSH radio feed moving forward. Thank you. Yeah, that may have been uh, that may have been a bit of my doing, but I'll uh, I'll tell people now. <laughs> people were asking about me or asking that this weekend. I was at the wedding. It's it's not necessarily your doing. There's just some interesting things afoot right now with the podcast. So I just want to make sure everybody is following the correct and proper RSS feed moving forward and. Uh, yeah, just good to have everybody on the same page. But uh, if you have any feedback, best places on Twitter, you can follow Kurt over at Kurt 
BSH. Is that correct, Kurt? Or do I have that backwards? Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that is right. Excellent. And you can follow Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yeah, that one's backwards. <laughs> oh, so it's uh, Bad R Sports or Sports Bad R. <laughs> And you can follow me at Flyperbole or Estebaum. I would probably follow Flyperbole for any hockey talk. And, of course, follow the BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey accounts. Uh, but, folks, we do really appreciate you listening. And until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Flyperbole. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>